This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. There is a stunning 2007 YouTube video that won many awards called simply Validation. In it, a parking attendant, whose job it is to validate parking tickets, finds himself with lines out the door for his counter. Why? Along with validating parking tickets, he is validating human beings. Each person who comes up to his counter is offered validation about his smile, her warmth, her kindness. The story continues and is quite beautiful. But for me, the takeaway is that every single human being in the world needs to be seen, heard, and validated. People will even line up out the door and wait for hours to be validated. When people feel unhappy or disgruntled, they don't want to be joked or logiced out of their feelings. They want to know that the other person is with them and sees them and feels their feelings with them. Researcher and professor Brene Brown, in a beautiful short animated video, demonstrates the difference between sympathy and empathy. Let's say someone falls down a deep hole. Sympathy means I will call down into the hole and say, Hey, are you okay? Let me throw you a sandwich. But empathy is where I climb down into the hole with you and hold you close and share your pain. Empathy is where I don't ask a thousand questions or try to distract you or cheer you up. I simply share the pain. I remember one time I was teaching about validation in, of all places, Providence, Rhode Island. It was indeed provident that I would have this conversation because I have never forgotten it. After the lecture, a woman whom I know tangentially came over to me and asked me if we could take a selfie together. I said, sure. She snapped a selfie, and then, of course, we both had to look at it to make sure we came out shareable. And the woman said, ugh, I look terrible. (laughs) I instinctively and immediately replied, no, you don't. You look great. She looked me straight in the eyes and said, Ruchi, didn't you just teach us about validation? I looked at her and laughed and said, oh my gosh, you are absolutely right. Okay, let's have a redo. I am so sorry that you're unhappy with how you came out in this picture. I hate how it feels when I don't like the way I came out in a picture. Would you like to take it over? She laughed, and we did, and we were both quite happy with how it came out. This week in the Torah, we learn about Moses, who grew up in the ivory tower of Pharaoh's palace. Nevertheless, he makes it his business to go out to his brothers who are part of Egypt's slave force and see how they are doing. He could so easily have hidden among the luxuries and safety that Pharaoh's palace had to offer him. But he felt the pain of his brothers and could not restrain himself from being with them in that pain, even to his own detriment. 
he ends up taking revenge on an Egyptian who had killed a Jew and imperils his own life, forcing him to run far away from home to a strange land where he was exiled for many years. God himself even role models this behavior in his dramatic appearance to Moses in the burning bush, where he tries to convince Moses, unsuccessfully at first, to accept the mantle of leadership and lead the Jews out of the land of Egypt. Why does God appear to Moses in this strange appearance of a burning bush? God is telling the Jewish people, I am with you in your pain. I, too, am in the fire with you. Notice God does not say, now you don't have pain. God does not say, your pain isn't a big deal. God does not say, your pain will soon go away. God says, I am with you in your pain. I will not try to silver line your pain. I will not try to minimize it. I will simply be with you in it. Validation isn't easy. Our instinctive reaction is to dismiss someone else's discomfort because we think that it will make them and us feel better. No one likes uncomfortable feelings. No one likes pain. So we try to minimize the negative feelings in the hopes of dismissing them and making them go away. But the truth is, the secret that the Torah is teaching us is that the way to help difficult feelings go away is to simply share the burden, to simply be there with another human being as they are experiencing distress so they feel seen and heard and validated so that they know that they are not alone. Jewish wisdom teaches that when you need to make a condolence call, the most important thing to do is to simply be present. Don't say things that are intended to diminish the other person's pain. People don't want their pain minimized. They want it understood. To that end, don't say anything that starts with the words, at least. The words, at least, minimize a person's pain. What they convey is that this could be so much worse, and therefore your pain should now seem smaller. But having your pain invalidated or overlooked makes you feel worse, not better, because you don't feel understood. In addition to your pain, you now also feel lonely. Conversely, when someone just shows up and sits next to you and holds your hand or cries along with you, The burden is halved because it is shared with another. I know when my daughter comes home from school and complains that she has no friends, my first instinct is to remind her how many friends she has. But what she will hear is that her pain is not understood. So I simply sit with her and say, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Sometimes it can feel really lonely and friendless out there. I understand how you feel. Shockingly, this is sometimes all a person needs to indeed feel better. Sometimes it even calms down their nervous system enough to troubleshoot and brainstorm for themselves how to move forward. I was once teaching a group of high school kids about validation. I asked them what they would say to a friend who has just had a bad day. 
Some of the teens suggested phrases like, hang in there, I got you, would you like a hug? Other kids said that they would probably be more likely to say stuff like, suck it up, dude, move on. There are two ways to handle someone else's distress. Some people like to save, solve, and fix. They want to fly in there like a superhero and rescue the situation. Did you call the doctor? Are you taking vitamin C? Have you tried essential oils? Others, naturally, share, care, and encourage. They give hugs, express empathy, and bring chocolate and flowers. It might be helpful to use such overt language when somebody seems upset about something. Maybe you could just literally ask them, would you like me to help you fix this problem? Or would you like me to give you sympathy and love? Why do some people always try to fix your problems, even when you've clearly told them that you're seeking empathy and not advice? Truly, I think the gesture comes from intense protective love. The people who love me are distraught when I'm distraught. They're initial response is to put on the superhero capes and save me from myself so that I will feel less distraught. So while they have to learn to not be Superman or Wonder Woman, I have to learn that instead of feeling so invalidated, I can work on myself to understand the emotional kindness behind the gesture. So the next time someone approaches you with feelings of distress, you can practice the following phrases. I'm so sorry to hear that. I feel you. I hate when that happens. I am so sorry that happened to you. How can I support you through this right now? Notice how all of these sentences validate and share the burden. None of them fix it. That's what Moses taught us. That's what God taught us. And that's what we must teach ourselves and others. You got this. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, To Power Your Day with Purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.